Welcome to Sexplosion. I'm Caroline Shenya and I'm your coach on all things intimacy, relationships and sex. This is my brand new weekly podcast teaching you about how to build strong, long-lasting and passionate relationships. It is unfiltered, uncensored and unexpected. Hello podcasters and welcome to Sexplosion. My name is Caroline Shenya and I'm your host on all things intimacy, relationship, sex and superconsciousness. This is my monthly podcast. Oh, I've done it again. Well, actually, it probably is this month, as you will see, because this podcast is teaching you about how to sexually liberate yourself to be confident, spicy and fun around intimacy and sex, along with learning about how to build a great foundation for strong, long lasting and passionate relationships. It is truly unfiltered, uncensored and very much unexpected. This month's topic is all about sex parties and I'll also be touching on sex clubs too. My fabulous guest and I will be discussing our sex party stories, sex party rules and the effects on women, sexual energy and how sex parties have helped my guests and me in our lives. So Gina Atsu has had a very interesting journey and has had many experiences which at the time she thought would finish her emotionally. She was a teen mother or child mother, as Gina refers to it. She's been homeless. She's lived in hostels and even spent a night on the streets too. She's come through abusive relationships. And then when her last long relationship ended, she had a brief, a few unsuccessful relationships, including one where she was going to meet someone in Ireland only to be ghosted after she bought her plane ticket. Oh, yes, Gina has had a few challenges in her life. However, all these experiences have led her to the adventures we'll learn about today. One of those adventures was when she, was, when she joined a woman's sex-positive hook club and started to go to swinger parties. At first, she just wanted just to have a nice way of meeting people and have consensual sex with no strings attached, as she wasn't ready for a serious relationship. But what started out as a little fun soon became a lifestyle for her. And at the same time, Gina decided she wanted to change her career. So she went to evening school at King's College and got an events management marketing postgrad qualification. Little did she know that, this, that the first event she would organize would be sex positive swinger parties where women would have be provided with a safe place to explore their sexuality. And that's how her company, The Goddess Within, was born. So, Gina, tell us all about your Goddess Within business and what you do. Ah, so I run a company called The Goddess Within. And what I do is I work with women to help them to connect to the goddess within themselves, because I believe that every woman has a goddess within themselves. It's that light, it's that inner light, that inner genius that helps you to fulfill all the things that you want to do in life and just just get the most out of whatever it is you want, really. I came into sort of doing this business by, uh, as I said, as it says in my, um, as, as you said in my intro, I... I uh, originally went to a female-run sex-positive party where women were given opportunities to connect 
projects in a way that I've never experienced or never knew about. So I kind of fell into doing this work by accident, really, just because I kept on meeting women who didn't, on the surface of it, seem very powerful. Even though if you met them and got to know them, you'd be like, wow, these are really powerful women with, you know, they've obviously taken that step to go to this event, just like myself. I mean, I went to the first one by myself. I didn't even go with a friend or a boyfriend or anything. I was just like, I've always been someone to go and take chances and go for things. So yeah, that's that's how I um that's how it came about. And then I started doing yeah. So so tell me about the male and female sexual energies. Mm. So for me, what's evolved and what I've come to understand the more I've gone along my sort of because uh, I consider myself an alchemist, so I transmute energy around myself to create end results and um what became apparent to me as I went on my journey of learning is that we have male and female energies um, within us, whether you're a man or a woman. And when there's an imbalance of one or the other, that's when you start to see a lot of problems come up. So, for example, I was actually thinking about this last night. If you look at the state of the world at the moment and all the wars, the, the world has become predominantly um, masculine energy run. So what we're having is a lot of conflicts, a lot of anger. Uh, there's nothing wrong with uh, a certain level of anger and all those issues and emotions, but they need to be balanced out with the feminine. Otherwise, what you get is a lot of the anger, the hate, the conflict. If you have an overbalance of feminine energy, energy, then what you get is the imbalance where it, women are much more, well, you know, where the, the carers, that, that, you know, we bring that softness to it. But just because you bring a softness, it doesn't make it weak it balances out the two. So for me, one of the journeys I've been on with the women that I work with is to help them balance out their masculine and feminine energies so that they can assert themselves as well as be caring and soft and understanding and use those different levels because those are the things that make us stronger. And in relation to the parties, what was happening is, as I said, women were given more authority, but instead of using their feminine energy and balancing that out they began began to use their masculine energy and causing an imbalance and would become the very type of person that they didn't like in the guys that they were approaching wow. you know that kind of narcissistic energy that kind of uh, what's the word self-entitled kind of behavior you know I'm a man oh, you're a female you're, you're supposed to do this for me because I say so and the women were starting to do that to the guys because the guys couldn't speak to them unless they were spoken to the women then started to get a bit that same bit attitudes yeah mm. and I and I just thought there's not really any need for that in a space like that this is a very liberating space where we should be able to just be enjoy being ourselves we're so much more powerful when we're in balance so when you created your parties uh, uh, when you run a party mm. you know you're I, I, I mean I'll explain <laughs> a minute about my experiences yeah <laughs> God help me, because I've never mentioned it to anybody. It's only very this few is same. people that know in my life. Um, yeah. And so what is it? Whether the sex parties in general is just a place to go and just like, but, but you create them in a different way, don't you? You actually yeah. help women. What is it you it's, do that you provide for the women in these sex parties? For me, what I tend to do is, okay, so the first party was an accident to start off with. I just met these because when I went to this uh, first event, I met the friend that I began to do parties with and um, we just threw a birthday party for her. But because the people we knew were from that scene, 
it sort of turned into one of those parties. And from that, people had such a lovely experience. They asked us to do more. So when we were doing them, because it was run by two females, you see, so our approach to the parties was very different because a lot of these parties are run by men. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> so um it's like they like they invented the Tampax, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Do you know? And a lot of these parties, if you go to them, have an air of don't know, you get there, people are waiting for this and waiting yeah. for that. Whereas ours were not like that. What we did was we created a social gathering. We had food, we had drink, we let people socialize, and then there was space for other things. So anybody that came there was not coming there with this kind of you have to do this or you have to do that. It wasn't like that. And we did that on purpose so that women could attend by themselves and not feel like that. The other party that I'd first been to uh, where I said the women were acting a bit misbehaving, uh, that was the thing that we wanted to eliminate in our own parties, you see. And um, what also happened was in this other party, they would make the men pay extortionate prices to attend and the women would pay hardly anything which then led these men to come in with a sense of entitlement. So another thing we did was make sure the prices were just non-gender. Right. Yeah, no, so, they was, so they were just the same price for everybody. It was the same rule for everybody. But we did. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I should say this. But um, yeah, so we did, uh, but we did have like little rules, you know, like no creepy. oh yeah oh my goodness yeah yeah we didn't we didn't allow for people to stand in corners and do things like that we were like if you're participating in something then fine and it's part of that that's okay but you don't get to walk around and just just do that because it's as because we were looking at it from a woman's point of view you see and it's actually quite not a nice experience if you can imagine like for something you know so um yeah we just created this new kind of version of and people loved it, loved it, loved it. And then initially, as I said, I started that because I wanted, you know, have needs and I just didn't want to. I tried relationships and they kept on breaking apart and, and it was all getting complicated. And I was like, I'm doing all this just so that I can fulfill a need. Like, why don't I just cut out all that crap? Yeah. And, that, and that's how I got into it, really. But then as I started to do the events, what, I, what happened was I would slowly, in my own parties anyway, not get involved because... I was so focused on making sure everybody was having a good time and making sure that people were safe and making sure that people are okay and, you know, all of that. And there's just no room for it. Whereas I've been to parties which have been run by men, not all, but usually the men and the people that run in a party, you can't even find them because they're away doing whatever they want. So if you've got a problem, oh, well. Oh, yes. Yeah. So that's why I really don't, don't miss about in my own. I mean, I've got a couple of play- friends that I still hook up with and play and stuff like that, and that's fine. But I feel so much more uh, at, at ease with myself and comfortable. Like when I first joined it, okay, I was nervous. Then I then I was a bit rampant because it was new and exciting. And now I've just sort of settled into this kind of polyamorous kind of way of life, really, mm. more so than anything else. With and, I, and at first, I didn't really get polyamory, but I thought it was a bit of a con. I thought it was just some way to sort of see a few people. I didn't really trust it. But what I have learned since being on this scene is that you can have really nice connections with people that are very, very close, intimate, but healthy, not CD, not, you know, how people kind of perceive it. 
Yeah, um, because actually you do mm. test, you, you make sure people test or something, don't you? Yeah, that's another thing we do um, in the events I run. I always, um, I'm super, super, super high on safe sex and stuff like that. I And taking care of yourself. I do work with Terence Higgins Trust to raise money for charity. Um, I do long cycle tours to raise money for Terence Higgins Trust and raise awareness around HIV and AIDS. I regularly go to clinic and I take pictures of when, not, not of me, <laughs> taking the test. <laughs> That's going a bit too far. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> like at the clinic, like when I go, I'll take a picture and I'll sh- put it on my social media, asking people, when oh, have you been right. tested and stuff like that. And in our group, I regularly speak to people and I will say to people at least a couple of weeks before you've been, or it's about to attend a party, go and get yourself checked out and let us know that you've done it. Mm. Um, and I always say to people, you know, you've no, I never share my medical information with anybody. The only thing I share are my STD results with my play products. <laughs> and <that's, laughs> and, and I, even though I practice safe all the time, I still go regularly because I still like to have an updated yeah. set of results that I can show someone that I have been going regularly. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, I do. And, and one, one thing I'd like to ask you is, can you, because I'm going to share my first experience, mm. uh, <laughs> which, was in, which was in a sex club. Um, and so if, if you could explain you know, your first experience and, you know, that would be yeah. great because it, obviously the first, you know, uh, those people out there that um, mm. have always heard of parties and never really know what to expect. Yeah. Tell me what your first experience was. It's, it's nothing like what people will anticipate, to be honest with you. But um, so I had, as I said, decided to join this women thing club, hook up club. And I, um, so I get there, it's in some place in Mayfair, and I'm so excited and, and, and well, nervous. I don't know if it was excitement, actually. I think it was more fear, trepidation. <laughs> so I get there by myself. You're so brave. About an hour or so, an hour or so too early, because I was so nervous <laughs> about being lost and not being able to find it. And I'm walking around Mayfair like an idiot. Like, this is how I felt, right, at the time. And I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, what am I doing? This is crazy. So then I go into prep to have a sandwich, and I call my friend up, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. I need to go home. Like, why am I here? And anyway, so I walk past one more time. And at the entrance, there's this guy and this girl. They're not together, but they're queuing up, because I think by that time, I'd killed a bit of time, and it was near opening. And they could tell I was nervous. And I said, oh, I'm so scared. I said, I've never done anything like this before. I said, I've just come here by myself. And I was like, ah! like I completely went. Pfft. And then they were like, oh, no, no, don't worry about it. Come in, you'll be fine. Don't, don't feel nervous. We'll take care of you. And true to their word, they both kept an eye on me, even though they didn't really know each other. We actually are still friends oh, now because of that, that union. Anyway, I get in and it wasn't even a proper party, was it? It was just social. <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know so gladly I'd gone to the social first and then I suppose my first proper experience of it was going to a party after this because I'd met my friends now from that social which was a great way to do it and I'd advise people to do there's lots of different ways to actually slowly enter into Mm -hmm. it if you're interested without feeling like you have to be just chucked right in the middle of it you don't exactly so this is why I love what I do because I do kind of introduce people to things that perhaps they wouldn't have thought of or, or or a safer way the first one I went to was pretty fun it was in a it was in a sauna place in Covent Garden and it was actually a gay sauna but they had um for the night had hired it out for this Cetro kind of event and um, 
so much fun so much fun I did drink a bit too much Prosecco which probably helped <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it was was it so was it was it like a, a couples or was it all singles or mixture it was it was a singles right. one they said oh. singles one so you could go as singles but they would um, because the thing is with the singles parties men always flop well, there because they know there's been lots of single what girls I was told. so what yeah, so what they do is they limit the amount of guys that can go. Right. So you end up having quite a nice balance. Right. That's what I do as well. You have to manage. Yes, you manage. have to manage that. Otherwise, imagine. it will just be me. I mean, what? The, I mean, if that's what they want, that's fine. But mostly, they're not coming just for me. For me. No. So, yeah, so that was great. And then from that, oh, I was mental. I had like a, a lot of fun. My friends, my friends that I was at the Tasmanian Devils, and red lipstick. You must have been in your sexual peak, my love. You must have been because uh, this is this is what Crazy. happened to me. So for me, my first experience like that, I'll tell you how it started because I was in the pub, and at the time, I was always going out with really young men. I mean, my, my husband now mm. is fourteen years younger than me, but there always had to be. I was in my forties and early fifties, mm. and uh, they were no older than thirty-four years old. Mm. And so, anyway. This girl, I was talking about this and she, 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 I went to the loo and she came, she followed me and she said, uh, go to, I go to sex clubs, you know. I said, you don't, she said, I do. Now, four years earlier, I had, in fact, that's what I did, is I talked about this, what I'm about to tell you now, is that four years earlier, I met up with the two, pe- two people I used to work with. Uh, they were both single women. And uh, one of them said, she said, look, she said, well, when I want to, when I want to do it, I'll just go to sex club. I said, do you? She said, yes, I, I do. <laughs> she said, well, you know, I, I don't need a man. I don't need to. But what I do want is like just to have a bit of fun every now and again. And so she used to go to this place, she's Kentish Town. And she used to like going there because there's a swimming pool there. And she's, there's this, this mm. big black man that she really liked. He was like, hung like a donkey. She <laughs> loved him. She said, so she'd go there. I tell you what, there's plenty well, of them yeah, so there. I've heard. I, I don't know <laughs> Well, I've I've seen a few myself in these parties, but um, so anyway, and and she said, "Well, just come along, Caroline." And she was saying to me because obviously I thought, like perhaps most of this audience that are listening now think you have to go there and you have to do this, you have to do that. No, you don't. So she was explaining no. to me that you go there, you can go dressed how you want, by the way. So you don't have to go in any kind of slinky gear. You go how you want to go. And you don't have to participate in anything. She said, if you want to go yeah. there just to, to enjoy looking or whatever, you know, um, then you can. If a man comes along and he wants to and you just say, no, thank you, it's very respectful. That's, that's what I understood about it. It's very respectful. And if anybody yes. is, any man is a leech, they get kicked out. So Absolutely. when I heard that, I thought, well, that's really good. And I never saw, I mean, I can't, you know, there's not a lot of contact. I mean, we still send each other Christmas cards, but... I know I don't mm. see her as a friend to kind of, so mm. I never forgotten that conversation. So now back to the pub. Yeah. So I had mentioned <laughs> it, you see. So when I went to the loo, this girl came after me. She said, um, Caroline, I go to sex. I said, You don't, she said, I do. She said, uh, you know, why don't you come? I went, Oh my God. I said, I'd I'd love to, because I was in my sexual peak, you see. So um, so that's what we did. We went along, we drove there. I was thinking, oh my, just like you were ringing your friend saying, what am I doing? That's what I was doing. I was saying, oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> and uh, anyway, this was in Heathrow. So it's the one called Avfab. That's where we're going. We get uh, to yeah. the car park. There's great big flash cars. There's a Bentley, there's Lexus cars, there's Mercedes. I'm thinking this is a whole underground here of people that go to their normal jobs every day, but there's this 
side of them that nobody knows about. So anyway, I get out of the car and I'm walking along and thinking, oh God, this might be sitting right next to one of these people in there. They might, oh, no, like, oh my God. Anyway, get to the reception and it's just normal. People are saying, hello, how are you? you know, is this your first time? Oh, okay. We'll get you signed in now like that. All like they're dressed normally. Mm. I'm like, gosh, it's mm. not what I expected. I mean, I don't know what I expected really, but it was very normal. And everyone had their big coats on, so I couldn't really see what they were wearing because it was winter. But once we got into the room, it was this great big long room. It had a pole dance in the middle of the room and it had like a bar area, but not a bar because you couldn't have a license it was no alcohol so they had this big fridge and you could put your drink in so we put our bottles of wine in and you had these labels you could write your name on and stick it on the bottle and then there were these pumps for like coca-cola and lemonade and tango and stuff like that so anyway obviously had to have a drink we go into the living i don't know what it was it was just a, a room really with the seats around the edge and um this woman came in with this minute band of a skirt and she had these these two straps like that with no bra on. And I was like, oh my goodness. And I had on, <laughs> I had on this, this, this it's a summer dress that I, that I used to wear, which has a zip from the top, like top here, right down to what you could open it up like that, you see. <laughs> so I had that in my FMBs, my puppy boots, and uh, my hair was all curly. <laughs> so I was feeling attractive anyway. So yeah, she goes to me, Caroline, would you, I'd like to show you around the place. I said, okay. So we go into this living room, it's really big, and it's got loads of sofas in it. And everyone's just there, no clothes on, just fucking away, big lights on and everything. <laughs> and then we walk through a corridor to um, a cinema, which has obviously got porn on it. But again, loads of sofas that you could go and just sit on. There was nobody there at the time. I think there's one or two heads in there. And then a man standing on the side looking like that. So um, that was the cinema. We go out into the garden and you can, you can, you can imagine that it was in the summer. There were all these deck chairs and stuff. And I was thinking, luckily these are all bungalows by this is a house by the way, but all the rest are bungalows. Mm. So no upstairs to look down kind of thing, you know? So anyway, mm. We see this big jacuzzi, this great big, no, hot tub, sorry, great big hot tub. And, um, but that's not where we went. There's some people in there drinking champagne. We go down to the dungeon and in the dungeon, there were these like medieval, like a frame type thing, like a, a pieces of pieces of metal, like a box. Mm. And the person's supposed to stand in and you, you shut the box, you know, and you're, you're locked in mm. there and somebody can do whatever they want with you because you're locked in there and you can't move with your legs apart. Um, then they had a cage and there was a couple of ladies in there. And I was thinking, there's an audience looking. I was thinking, gosh, are they together or do they have their, their partners? <laughs> as, as it happened, their partners were there. And anyway, we met this young couple because uh, most of the, the age group was around, I'd say it was like, let me see, about, about 40 to 50, actually. And, mm -hmm. um, and of course, this night was a couple's night. So it meant the women going to keep an eye on the men so they couldn't be leeches. So mm -hmm. that, was, that was what I was advised about, about going to one like that rather yeah, than singles yeah. um so anyway we found this young couple and they were really you know, interested because of course we were single girls and that was very mm. interesting for a sex club so um anyway we got to know them and everything but we went off back into that room with the with a pole dancing thing and i decided to go to <laughs> lou after chatting because she met someone she knew and i was like gosh she's she's meeting people that she knows here you know? But like, <laughs> you know you've got friends now haven't you so she she and it, and it mm. just showed me like She'd been here loads of times. This is this is what she mm. likes to do. And she didn't like to go with men. She just preferred to be with women. And she, she's heterosexual, but um, for these things, she preferred to just be with a woman for the night. But anyway, so I go to the toilet. And who should come out but the two girls, the young girls have been talking to. And one of the girls said to me, 
can I kiss you? And I went, Ooh. yeah, okay then. I'd never been kissed by a woman before. So she kissed me and I was like, oh, actually that was very nice. And it, mm. it was just lips. It was just mm -hmm. skin. Obviously mm. there's no difference, you know, except the woman was much softer. I found her lips was, mm. was a softer kind of kiss. It was very, very good. And anyway, I go back to my friend and I'm just like, Oh my God, she kissed me. She kissed me like that. She goes, Caroline. <laughs> the girl came along, along with the other couple this time. And she took, showed her, uh, us her boobs because her boobs were fake. Yet they looked so natural. They were like a teardrop. I, it's then I learned that you get teardrop shapes. Mm. Now she had the teardrop. Yeah. She goes, oh, I touch them. Then she goes like that, like that in front of everybody. And so we went like that. And actually, secretly, I quite like <laughs> boobs. Ever since I was a little girl at the swimming pool, I'd see them and I'd be fascinated. Never touched them or anything, but I was fascinated. So this was my opportunity to touch them. <laughs> so they, they felt quite nice. I was like, God, I'm having those. And, yeah. I, and I actually went as far as having consultation to have them, but I didn't in the end. Mm. Anyway, my friend said to me, Caroline, you can't leave here without an experience. And I said, I can't. No, I, I, I'm not giving anything because I'm not. You know, I'm not gay. I can't do this. She goes, no, no, no. And in fact, the husband of the woman of the couple said, uh, oh, no, she loves giving. She loves giving. No, I said, but I, no, really, mm, I can't yeah. reciprocate. And he said, no, no, it's fine. No, no, that's what yeah, she said. So yeah. My friend said, go on, you've got to go. So I said, all right, then. <laughs> so I go, right? Yeah. And we go to this room where uh, there's a big glass mirror in the room. But of course, it's a two-way mirror, isn't it? So mm. anyway, I said I didn't want the man to go anywhere near me. You know, I just said, no, you know, and, and I'm not doing anything here. He said, no, that's fine. That's fine. So he came, he, he was in, a, he was in a, a shirt and trousers. He just laid across the side and he just looked, didn't do anything. So, he, you know, very respectful. Mm. Mm. And she, mm. I just like mm. laid on my back. <laughs> and then she <laughs> went down. And oh, my God. I have never experienced anything like it in my life at that time, of course. And mm -hmm. I was just so, I, I was just like in awe of the whole situation. I was like, I was literally, my body was shaking. I'd never experienced anything like quite like this. And suddenly there's a knock on the door and they go, oh, someone's coming. So no, no, no one's coming in here. So anyway, we came to an end and I was like, oh my god literally I, li literally i come out i come out my friend's there with a whole heap of people outside she said Karen, they were all watching us i said look as long as i can't see them i don't i really don't care so uh she said uh so she said how was it i mean <laughs> bloody amazing so we went back into that room and then i actually had another experience anyway all this is written in my book right so so Lovely. everyone will be able to see a lot more detail in the book but um what was interesting is the next day I was walking down the street and thinking, oh, my God, all these people around me have got no idea that I've just been to sex. I was like, thinking, oh. So honestly, <laughs> know, that is honestly, it, the, the, the point of going there was to have an experience, to have mm. an opinion. You see, unless I mm. decided a long mm. time ago. I've got to have an opinion mm. on, on whatever is put in front of me. So there was an offer mm. of a sex party because I was in my, because the first time I, I, it was all very new and couldn't get used to the idea. Plus I wasn't in my sexual peak. Mm. This time I was in my sexual peak, which means mm. that it meant that I was more open to the idea and I wanted to have an opinion on it. Mm. So, so that's, so that's um, yeah. my experience there. 
And that's not even mm. a party. Now, the party, mm. I'm not going to, uh, in fact, I'll, we'll probably have to talk again, Gina, because I want to talk about the party. We've already been, mm. we've already gone over. But um, I mean, yeah. even my, yeah. I mean, I'm going to tell you anyway, and whether this gets put in or not, I don't know. My party uh, mm. that I went to, it was, it was, um, it was, I think I did talk about it actually. Yeah, in in um, the, the couple, I'll call them Anna and Doug. They're the ones that I had the first experience in the club. They invited me to a sex party and said, look, it's exclusive by invitation only and we're inviting you. So you're coming along with us. So I said, oh, that's brilliant. So I go there, 10 couples and me. I'm the only single girl. And I was like, oh my God, I'm the only single girl. Is that going to be all right? No, no, they're going to love you, Karen. They're going to love you. They're like a single girl. And the thing about this party is that like you, they had food and you socialized, you talked, you, everyone had to bring a bottle of champagne. So we all had a bottle of champagne. So we drank the champagne, got relaxed, talked to everybody. And of course, it's, it's they're not complete strangers then, you see, not like in a club. This I felt this was a lot better. Mm. And I kind of sized up people and thinking, how's this going to work? You know, this is couples. This is like, we all drank mm. it and everything like that. And then it was time. It was eight o'clock, I think. No, it wasn't. It was 10 o'clock and it was time. I'm like, what, what? The girl says, it's time now. I said, what? well, the host took all the ladies into the fuck room. And there was a great big mattress with, I think, the plastic covering on it, a great big fish bowl, which had uh, all the condoms in it. And so the idea was that you get changed because everyone was in a nice evening outfit. So that's, that's what I didn't know how that was. They just said, just wear something comfortable. So I did. Mm. Well, not comfortable, but a nice evening outfit. And yeah. when I got there, um, everyone was going into their lingerie. And I bought some lingerie. I think I bought a basket. But my goodness, these women were wearing the most amazing tights with great big holes. And I love them. I bought some afters. And, um, and anyway, I was so scared uh, I kept saying you're gonna be all right I'm like yeah yeah they're gonna love you anyway then it was time to invite the men into the room I was like oh my god I ran behind the curtain it was like these great big thick curtains and I hid behind there and I watched the men come in and I saw them just start to you know just start to get together you know obviously mixing up and this man, this young man caught me um, behind and he came over and he was really nice he was young he's one of the young ones and obviously I like the young ones so he came over and he took my hand and we we're both on our knees. So like standing up on our mm -hmm. knees and he kissed me and he totally relaxed me. It was really lovely, actually. And then we just started. And, and actually, I remember yeah. just sitting there watching this orgy going on around me and just thinking, oh, God, this is just I can't believe I'm here. And then, of course, you know, ah, yeah, so, you know, that's where I first discovered squirts. Right. And the thing is. How yeah. could I have gone through <laughs> all my life without discovering this? Why? Because it's not taught in school. I know this is going to sound weird. And some people on listening to this you know, podcast will probably yeah. think, well, no, it's not something that should be taught at school. But to be honest, we're not taught about emotion. We're not taught about communication between a couple. We're not taught about erogenous zones. And I think it should be part of biology. And I tell you something, this is the thing that, that's come across for me since I started doing this, the level of sexual ex uh, liberation and exploration and where the journey I've been on means that I don't look at it in this weird way, abstract way. Me I too. was raised as a Catholic. Taboo, it's all taboo. It's a big no-no. Uh, there is no the room for no room for any of it's that. It's a They're sin. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas... And this, that sort of thinking makes people think that they are weird when they have needs and urges and they suppress them. And it's through that suppression that they don't be their true selves. And this is why I always, this is why I say 
sexual energy is at the core of everything. We are procreators, right? If you just take it down to basic level, sex is how we are continuing as a human race. So that's why sex is so enjoyable and that's why we keep going back to it. If we don't make it normal and healthy and relaxed, we end up with exactly. adults with so many issues because of how much they express themselves. And that's a lot of the work I do with people as well. It's about helping them to kind of enter into their energy yeah. and just be like free. I'm not saying go crazy. I'm just saying accept yourself, thoughts and all, your truth. And this is goes so much deeper than just yeah, exactly. Sex the other thing women. I was thinking about with um, with with parties is that you know we're in a society where we're dictated to that we are only allowed to have mm. one partner. Now, in the animal world, I think the only ones that mm-hmm. are just one partner for life are swans and moorhens and some other birds, I think. But generally, yeah, mm, I, think I think it's yeah, mostly birds. As well. But everything else, mm. I mean, I remember we used to have ducks in our pond. There'd be like five male ducks on this poor female in the water. She'd be sinking and, and you know, practically, I know. And, and the thing is, is that, <laughs> that that is, we are no different, really. We're just more intelligent and we're able to control ourselves. No. But the thing is, is that we are forced by society to be put into this pigeonhole mm. where you have to be one person. So, of course, what ends up happening a lot of the time is that you end up being, you know, it's not exciting anymore. It's like it's not. So I I think mm. these parties, especially the one I went to, I mean, I went to a few of them, but this first one I was telling you about, the man was there telling me about his wife. He was pointing to his wife saying, just look at her. She was, I looked over, she was standing up against a, a chest of drawers and he was and he was doing it from behind to her, this man. He goes, look, I love it when I see her being fucked. I'm like, whoa, this is just, because most men are jealous, aren't they? They would never even mm. think about doing that. So, so for some couples, yeah, yeah, it really yeah. does help them. You have to yeah, be a loving couple true. though. No, it's not for not. everybody. And the thing is as well, it is great if it is for you and it's great if it's not. The whole yeah. point is there's options in life and you have choices. You do what you feel like doing, you know, and if you want, there will something will happen in your life where you'll meet someone who will introduce you to it because you always create those pathways for yourself. You know, yeah. you, you know, you're an alchemist too. We, we create our end results without, sometimes without trying, sometimes with good focus. So, you know, I just... For me, it's been a great exploration for me. I mean, coming from someone who was, you know, as a, you know, I've had an interesting story of a life, then to yeah. be a teen child mum and to, 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 to not really understand sex in a proper way, to not really understand about connection and love and all that love, all about myself. And to go through those years, my 20s, my 30s, to come to this now. Yeah. For me, I'm in the best place. Uh, and the stuff I know now, I hope I impart onto like a little bit onto my kids in some way to help them be a bit more relaxed. But I also, the thing I love to do is just work with women to help them get to this space where they just sit in themselves really comfortably and just be like, yeah, this is what I feel like doing. No, I don't feel like doing that. I choose or I choose yeah, not to. It's funny it's because, just as simple as you that. know, talking about knowing these things when you're, when you're young and you don't, is that I was on a, a, a beach mm. in South Africa where um, there were all these young girls and I was talking to them about squirting and stuff like that. Um, and they were going, what? And obviously they didn't know about it. One had an idea, but none of them did. And it's like such a shame that, that this isn't something that they can discover when they're young. I mean, better late than never, obviously. I mean, it's great because after that, it's like, 
okay, now I know about this. Let's get on with it kind of thing. Um, but listen, we could carry on all day about this. I honestly are so interesting. I know. Gina, I love having you on the show. Thank you so, so much. What I'd like to ask you now is what is your giveaway? Giveaway and your social media so that Uh anyone listening here wants to contact you and liberate themselves, then they can. So my giveaway is um, I'm giving away free consultations so to people. So I called them clarity sessions um, because basically it's just to get clear on what it is you want and see how I can help you. Cause I like to make sure that I can help you before I start helping you. And the second thing I've got is a book PDF actually. It's my, I'm starting a series called Goddess in Your Pocket, which will be a little set of little PDFs um, that you can put on your phone and just go through every time you have a little bit of a crisis and you want some, a bit of a perk up. And the first one in the series is um, about giving you 10 tips on how to improve your relationships, mainly with yourself, which then, ricochets and makes you improve your relationship with people within a month so within yeah, a month of you doing those things if you follow them you'll see that you'll see that you feel better about yourself and in feeling better about yourself you'll just improve your relationships social media you can catch me on is um so i have an instagram called goddess within uh, underscore limitless i have a, a facebook which is um genie gina genie I also have a private group called the, the Phoenix Lounge, which is more for, it's just for women that and that you can just join it and share and get loads of knowledge. I also have LinkedIn, uh, which you find me as Regina Atsu. Um, oh, so much social media. Ah, yeah, I've got another, I've got another, um, I've got two Instagrams. One of them is more towards the parties and the other one is more gay towards Goddess Within. And the, the one that's about the parties is Red Dot Lipstick Gina. Brilliant, uh, because yeah. I think there may be some women that want to contact you about yeah. that. Yeah, even if they, can, either way, they can get all of that from me, yeah. Brilliant. Now, listen, I want to ask you one last question, right? Uh, if you were able to meet yourself as a young 18-year-old again, uh, what would you advise? Yeah, I was asked this once before, and it uh, took a while to think about it, but this this... The only thing I can actually think of that I would tell myself as a younger self is that I am enough and I don't need to worry about anything. Oh, that's such good. If only someone said that to me when I was young. Yeah, and just to help myself, I'd help myself. I'd hear it and I'd, I'd, I'd tell my young self so that I'd get them to believe it. Yes, exactly. It's all about belief, isn't it? About your yeah. internal internal navigate, uh, na- yeah. narr- internal narrative, narratives. Narratives, yeah. It's the uh, just, NLP, most, isn't it? Yeah, most of us think we're not enough. And that's most of what we do is because we're trying to prove that we are. But yeah. you don't need to. Exactly. Well, listen, that's a wrap, folks. Thank you. Um, there you have it. A really captivating conversation. If mm-hmm. you want any, if you want to contact me, Go to the uh, website, sexplosionpodcast.com, or you can go to my Facebook, my Instagram, and LinkedIn under my name and uh, contact me there if you would. So all there is for me to say is to your success. (laughs) That's it. I'm out. See you later. Thanks very much. Bye. Bye. Bye.